T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Hardline right here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Brenda Olacy along with Joe Beamer. We welcome your calls, comments, texts. And uh, as Joe has pointed out all morning, the uh, text line is now the same as the call in number. And that is 716 803 We welcome your comments as well. Of course, the, uh, the obvious topic is what's happening in the. Uh, the rioting, the protests, uh, the aftermath of the George Floyd murder, uh, which occurred in Minneapolis on Memorial Day. It's hard to believe it was just last Monday. And last night, I never thought I'd see my city, the city of Buffalo, where I was born and raised uh, in, in such chaos, and seeing graffiti deface these iconic buildings in our community. Uh, it's really disturbing to see that. I know uh, a lot of reporters uh, were uh, targets as well. I read recently about a local news crew that had rocks and water bottles thrown at them. Uh, our own Brendan Keeney and Tim Wenger were on the scene. They talked about the effects of tear gas and pepper spray. Uh, it, it's just a, a really sad sight to see things go down the drain like this. And I hope that we can uh, maintain some control tonight that there isn't uh, a repeat of what happened last night in Buffalo and the things start to calm down all around the city and all around the country. What did you see? Are you a business owner? And what uh, what have you done to uh, mitigate some of the, the possible effects of this? Are you closing early? Are you hiring guards? Uh, wh what are you doing and how are you doing it? We'd like to know at 803-0930. And Joe, I understand we have some calls lined up. So shall we hit the phone lines? Brenda, let's do that and let's go to let's go to the other end or not the other end. Let's go down the throughway and talk to John in Rochester. John, good morning. Hey, Joe. Hi, Brenda. Hello, John. Thank you for calling. How are things in the Flower City? Well, I'm going to find out very shortly. I'm going out of my uh, office building downtown. Uh, yesterday, when I was at the building, uh, the, the chaos broke out. Uh, I. I got uh, uh, aware of it when I heard helicopters uh, and I heard sirens. So I I went out on the street, uh, walked two to three blocks around the perimeter of our immediate neighborhood. I could see the chaos in the background. So it was about four, five to six blocks away. Uh, so nothing uh, that I know of uh, happened to our building and our neighborhood now. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm, I can see my building right now coming off the inner loop. And I'm hoping uh, 
that uh, nothing has happened. Now, we did have a security uh, agency that's going to, they were going to protect the building last night, so I don't know what's happened with that. So uh, I'm pulling up to the building right now. I don't see any damage. I'm coming through the back. We have a, a garage at the back of the building uh, entrance. I'll check out the front after I get in the building, but looks like there's no damage here. Uh, I do know some people uh, about four or five blocks away. They're undergoing a, a multimillion-dollar renovation of the downtown building, and their building last night on the news was looted. Uh, there were two or three uh, television stations that covered the looting, and and uh, I didn't see any police in sight. And there's a substation, police uh, substation within a block. Uh, and this happened when it was still daylight out. So uh, so we've had some serious issues like uh, Buffalo has had, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost hard to fathom that we're seeing this, and it's breaking out all over the country. And I think that, uh, you know, certainly I think the Buffalo police and I imagine the Rochester police and state troopers and other law enforcement are ready for what may occur tonight. Unfortunately, they were, I think, really swept into it last night uh, as things continue to escalate, uh, at least here in the Buffalo area, John. Uh, so, but what I find encouraging and that it makes you feel like there is some hope for the human race is that people were already downtown cleaning up and, and trying to get things uh, somewhat restored and have some sense of normalcy. I mean, you know, in addition to the graffiti and the shattered windows, uh, these, these rioters even pulled out shrubs and gardening and, you know, some of the more aesthetically pleasing things that you'd like to see around the city. There's no sense of of concern or care for the community or fellow citizens. It's just uh, downright vandalism and, and thuggery, in my opinion. So I hope that, you know, the law enforcement is ready tonight to uh, really take a stand and arrest these idiots. And as the mayor pointed out, I sure hope they get the idiot who threw that uh, flaming object into the city hall window. Yeah, that was a strong statement the mayor made. I, I met the mayor uh, going when he was still a state senator in Albany, and, and I was impressed with him. Uh, he, uh, at the time, you guys were going through the financial control board controversy, and uh, I asked him that what his opinion was of the financial control board, and I was really surprised that and uh, encouraged by his reaction. He says, we need a financial control board. Our finances are under control. That was before he became mayor. That was when he was state senator. And I always was impressed with that uh, statement. And, and, of course, today I heard the statement he made last night which I thought was impressive. I'm disappointed in our mayor a little bit. Uh, she blamed all the problems on outside agitators. I can tell you right now, I saw three or four uh, uh, television coverage uh, views of the looting of the people I know's uh, building, and those weren't all, all outside agitators. There were a lot of locals there, so... Uh, our mayor has got to take more responsibility for some of our locals. You know, I think there's a real danger in um, some of these political leaders talking about outside agitators. It might be an easy kind of excuse. Uh, and, and as you point out, John, it kind of deflects attention from 
the core issue of people in the community who are acting like this in this just absolutely heartbreaking fashion. So uh, they should take a page from the St. Paul mayor who uh, made some comments that he had to walk back. And uh, I hope that your mayor learns <laughs> her lesson if she's doing the same thing. Yeah, I'm, you know, ironically, we're, go we're renovating this building. It's almost a 60,000 square foot building. Uh, we've owned it for uh, 30, over 30 years, and we're going through a renovation now. And uh, <laughs> ironically, within the last week, we've had two main water breaks in our building. It's caused a lot of damage. So I'm hoping that's the end of it. I hope so for your sake, too. Thank you, John, for the call. That's John in Rochester. Let's go back to the phones. This time we're going to North Tonawanda. We're going to talk to Jim. Jim, good morning. Yeah, guys, what I want to talk about is the unbelievable, appalling ignorance of the American people about the legal system. That cop is going to be first facing charges in the state of Minnesota for what he did. Then if you listen to Judge Jean and the lawyers that she works with, Judge Janine, the lawyers she works with, they're already saying that Attorney uh, General Barr and the FBI and Barr was the Department of Justice are going to conduct what the lawyers are already calling a separate and parallel investigation. Now, the most likely outcome of this, he could get off the top of my head, I'm going to say he gets 15 to 20 years from the state of Minnesota. Now, after 25 years in the prison business, if you are also convicted in federal court, you do your state time first. The day he finishes out his Minnesota state prison sentence, guess what? The federal marshals will be standing in the front lobby waiting for him to walk through that gate. They're going to identify themselves as federal marshals, say, turn around, put your hands behind your back. He will be handcuffed, and let's say he gets another 20 years and on the federal civil rights violations. His life is over with. What are these people rioting about? He's going to spend the rest of his life in a state prison or a federal prison, and if he ever gets out, he'll be sold. He'll be sitting in a wheelchair hooked up to his oxygen bottle. So uh, what? He's, he's going to pay for what he did to that black guy, I'll tell you that. I wonder if he'll even get out of prison, Jim. I mean, I wonder if there'll be some prison justice, if you will. Uh, you would know how that works. No. What do you think of the odds of him being safe? Will he be in isolation? Brenda, he will be put into what's called IPC. That's called involuntary protective custody. He will go into that immediately. He won't have anything to say about it. He goes right into IPC, involuntary protective custody, because if anything happens to him while he's locked up, his family would have a, a tremendous lawsuit, and they wouldn't even go to court to settle. They would settle out of court on that. Um, I was working. Are you guys old enough to remember the Howard Beach incident? Yes. Yes, I am. Joe probably isn't. Attica, the day they brought that kid in. I'm not making this up. Myself, my partner, my sergeant, I was working the special housing unit the day they brought that kid in. We went up front to the front gate to get him. We were instructed by the superintendent and the deputy superintendent of security. They said, you're to pick him up at the front gate. You will take him to the second floor where you guys are working in the special housing unit. Do not pass goal. Do not collect $200. If anything happens to him between the front gate 
and the special housing unit, you three guys are going to be fired per order of Mario Cuomo. They, they, would, they don't fool around. He's going to go right to IPC because they can't let anything happen to him. You know, Jim, there was a case. Uh, Michael Griffith was the victim. You, you probably remember all the details as well. And he was fleeing a white mob in Howard Beach back in the mid-'80s. Uh, a hor- horrific incident. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was there the day they brought that kid in. They're, they don't, they're on a high pro. this cop is so high-profile, he's never going to see general population because they know that the, the, the black inmates would kill him for sure. They know that. That's that's a given. But I'm saying they, the state of Minnesota doesn't want the lawsuit. You can see where they're coming from because the taxpayers have to pay the lawsuit. Right, right, no doubt about it. And by the way, his wife filed for divorce, too. I'm sure that uh, you guys read about that as well. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something. And another real quick point. I've been involved, I, I think to my best, memory over my 23 25 years on the job i was investigated three times involved in a use of force they leave no stone unturned when they investigate use of force trust me i'm i'm talking from personal experience i was involved in an incident one time i worked the 3 to 11 shift i came in the next day to punch in at the time clock the union representative was standing there and said, let's go. I naturally said, well, where are we going? He said, the deputy superintendent wants to see you immediately. We walked into the boss. Now, he's my boss. The deputy superintendent of security is my boss. The first thing he said to me, and that's when I knew it was a serious matter, was he said, shut the door, officer. Hmm. And when I shut that door, he said, what happened? Tell me everything. I've already read your report, but now I want you to tell me. They, I had to talk to a sergeant, the lieutenant, the captain, the deputy superintendent of security, my three different union representatives, and one lawyer from Albany. It's a day you'll never forget, Jim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, when you're involved in a use of force, they, they don't, they hold back nothing. In fact, I was told by the lawyer from Albany, we think we're going to get you cleared in this charge. You were totally justified. However, what he, what he, what, which, the guy explained, he said, look, he said, let's say the Erie County District Attorney, for whatever reason, doesn't like this incident. He can call, he said, the Department of Justice and the FBI and ask them to take a look at this case. Fortunately, the Erie County District Attorney didn't want to, decided that I was, I had been cleared and he wasn't going to contest it. But if they wanted to, they could have called in they could have asked the FBI and the Department of Justice to take a look. You are a law enforcement officer. So anything you do is under a microscope. You've got to answer for that. No matter what they tell you, you're going to have to answer for what you did. And I, what I did was I was smart enough that I put in my report, I told the truth from the beginning, that I put a restraining hold around the inmate's neck. And the deputy superintendent of security said, because you were honest, about this from the very beginning, because if they catch you lying, you're fired. Well, Jim, thank you for the call. That's Jim in North Tonawanda opening a line for you at 803-0930. Cell calls, star 930, and the text board is 716-803-0930. Make sure you change that number, 716-803-0930. 
And Joe, when we come back from the break, I want to ask you your opinion about what Mayor de Blasio said to the police, uh, the New York City police, and how they are clapping back at him. So uh, well, I'd like to get your opinion and also our, our listeners' opinions on de Blasio's uh, latest, uh, <laughs> latest tweet and latest uh, directive to the New York City Police Department. That and more in your calls as well after we take a few spots here and get up to date with Neil McManus on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. It's Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy with you until noon. And then at noon... David Bellavia will be with you. And right at 12.10, which I was telling Brenda off the air, uh, interesting time, but at 12.10, the county executive, Mark Polonkars, and Mayor Byron Brown will give an update on everything going on. And then at 1 o'clock, and Brenda, I'll be interested to hear this, uh, Erie County District Attorney John Flynn will be addressing the media. I can't wait to hear that either, Joe. And, and Flynn strikes me as the type of guy who uh, kind of wears his uh, emotions on his sleeve. So uh, I'll be interested to see what he has to say about this and the charges being placed against anybody who is looting and rioting. And uh, I hope that they make uh, an announcement that they arrested the guy that threw that firebomb into City Hall. Would be, that would be good news. Hey, I wanted to bring up about uh, what New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio said that really got the uh, police uh, up in arms in New York. And here's what de Blasio's quote was. He said, the anger out there is real and unfortunately very justified. I really believe that the NYPD knows how to handle protests and respect whoever is protesting. But I want to see a light touch because people are, are undeniably angry for a reason. Well, the, the PBA in New York was none too pleased about that. And they said, if Mayor de Blasio wants a light touch, then let him stand in front and take the first brick to the face, or perhaps he can sit in a police vehicle and catch the Molotov cocktail that's thrown into it. Here's the light touch. Joe, uh, you know, I think that the police bring up a good thing. I think it's easier for de Blasio to sit in his office and say stuff like that, but the police have to walk a very fine line between not being, you know, overly forceful and yet not being victimized by these rioters. So uh, it's a it's an unenviable position for them to be in. And I think that de Blasio really should think a little bit more before he speaks. Yeah, that, it, it's you don't want to, and I said this off the air, Brenda, you don't want to group all the police together and, and, and say, hey, this is what you must do. Now, if it's a peaceful protest, well, there's no need for uh, a police force. And early on, we're seeing a lot of, a lot of peaceful protests. But then you've got those who 
are there to try to uh, get the crowd to break the windows, to loot, to throw, as you said, the Mazatov cocktails uh, at the police officers or in the police cars. And well, that's a situation that, I mean, force is needed. You can't just let the rioters, you know, like we saw in Minneapolis, where the police just disappeared for three hours. And you saw um, that the liquor store in Minneapolis, I believe this was Friday night, and people were just walking out with cases of alcohol. Well, you have to have a police presence. And now, what Mayor de Blasio should have said, Brenda, in my opinion, is, you know, do not use... Do not use physical force unless it is warranted by violence on by violent demonstrators. But he should he should let that decision be left up to the officers. You know, the the thing that's what what happened in Minneapolis was awful. And, And I can't stress enough the anger and the heartbreak when I watch that video. And unfortunately, you know, I've watched it a few times, and I think it is important for people to watch and see the injustice that was done and how other people, police officers, people that are, are supposed to be trusted, people that are, that, that are supposed to protect the community, sat there and watched it. But I think an important thing to also state is that most police officers are good people, and they are there to protect you no matter your race, no matter your gender, no matter your religion. They are there to protect their community. And, you know, I saw I, I saw in, I believe it was in New Jersey yesterday, there was a peaceful demonstration uh, against injustice, and in the middle of the demonstration, there were police officers holding hands with the demonstrators and and marching down the street. And I thought that was, again, something we're not seeing on TV, right? It's not getting the media coverage, but that's something very important. And I think if we saw more of that and we saw more of people in uniform, those police officers, just listening, right? I I said on Facebook uh, Friday this weekend, talk to someone who doesn't agree with you. Talk to someone who has a different perspective on life. And don't argue, don't interrupt them. Let them give their opinion. Let them give their perspective. See stuff through their eyes. Have them try to illustrate that. That's just something we don't do anymore. The first thing we do when we hear something that's either uncomfortable or something we disagree with is we yell back or we try to start an argument. And and look where that's gotten us as a country, where everything divides us. The the small... Joe, name-calling will never get anything done. Nothing will be achieved by name-calling, and even worse than name-calling, you know, physical violence against people. Right. But let me tell you about a a police chief who I greatly admire, and I learned about her during all of this, you know, in the wake of the George George Floyd uh, tragedy. A woman named Erica Shields is the head of the Atlanta Police Department. And she went down and stood among the protesters and rioters, and she stood and listened to what these people had to say. A lot of the protesters came up to her and talked to her, and she listened to these men and women who were so outraged and so justifiably upset about what was going on. And she said, you know, she was quoted as saying that black lives are being diminished as the Floyd protests grow. So she did something about it. She went down there, and she stood amid these protesters and and really listened and uh and you could tell that there was a dialogue going on it wasn't just lip service so erica shields i commend her for what she did 
And I hope that, you know, that other police officers and, and uh, police officials, especially somebody as, a, an, as high up a position as a chief as she is, would take a page from that book and really try to start to build bridges here because what we're seeing, and even in our own city last night, Joe, was very, very disturbing. It, very it, disturbing. There was no hand-holding. There was no chief of police standing amid the crowd. If anything, you were just holding your breath that something horrible wouldn't happen, that somebody would be killed or shot. Yeah, it, it, you know, unfortunately, it got to that point. It, it was disturbing, and believe me, that video from Monday was disturbing and i can't stress that enough brenda that was it was it made me angry the 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 emotions i felt when i saw that video i can only imagine what a member of the black community felt or feels when they see that video you know and that's why i talked to my friend anthony freely on friday and hearing the emotion in his voice when he was talking about it and talking about you know the injustice and needing a change and I said this at the beginning of the show, and I'll say this again. That is something we should all be able to unite around. You know, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable no. what the officer did. It's not acceptable that the other officers stood there and watched it. It's, it it's, we said this uh, on a different topic, and I'll, I'll say it now. Yes, there are great people in law enforcement. Most members of law enforcement are great people. But there are a few bad apples. And it's not just those... Not just those who uh, do acts like this that have racist agendas, but it's also those who sit there and watch, sit there and don't say something. And they know. I mean, this guy in Minneapolis, he had been written up 18 times before. They knew. He had been brought up, uh, I believe, under the watch of Amy Klobuchar, and nothing was done. So it's not like... This was an act that other people might not have seen coming, but no one spoke up. What I find ironic about this, too, Joe, is that reports have said that George Floyd and Derek Chauvin, the the officer who was charged now in his death, worked at the same club. I don't know if it's a restaurant or a tavern or a club, but they worked security there. So they uh, apparently knew of each other. They worked in the same establishment. Um, And the other thing, Joe, that's kind of lost in all of this how will this affect the pandemic? I mean, you've got people shoulder to shoulder. There's obviously no social distancing when there's a riot going on or, or even peaceful protests. Not everybody was wearing a mask. Uh, how will this uh, create more problems for the spread of the pandemic in, say, two weeks or a month or whatever? I mean, that's something that is, could be a huge byproduct of what's happening. And it's almost as if the pandemic, unbelievably so, has been put on the back burner. Who would have ever thought that they would be shoved off the headlines by this this total, you know, somewhat, uh, some view it as anarchy, what's happening, especially in Minneapolis. I have a dear friend who's from Minneapolis, and she views these people as anarchists destroying her city. It's really a shame about what's happening, and I worry about the health and welfare of everybody because of this, not only the physical potential harm, but also, how will this affect the spread of the coronavirus? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I'll, I'll take a, I'll, I'll go the path of Zay Jones. He tweeted out about uh, he saw a woman that was obviously just very emotional, and, and I think we can all understand the emotions uh, of this week, you know, and the emotions that injustice brings out. And I, I hope I speak for everybody when I say we're going to come together and we are going to fight injustice. Because there is nothing humane about what happened on Monday. Um, 
I will t- I will say the same thing Zay Jones said. I will risk I will risk myself getting COVID-19 if someone needs a hug. Because Brenda, that's just a human emotion and sometimes a hug is the best answer. Well, Joe, honestly, I think it sounds a little naive. Uh, I'm well, afraid that uh, there's so much going on right now that, uh, you know, I, I wish there was as simple as a hug and, you know, somebody saying, oh, you know, I'm gracious, I'm going to offer you that in spite of the risk that I take. But there, there are some very, very deep systemic problems here. And I don't know how you start to, to heal when it just seems to be getting worse. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. And, and now it's affecting the economy even more. You know, stores are closing. People are afraid to go out even more. You worry about a pandemic. No, you're worrying about violence. Uh, I really hope that we can find some solid leadership where people can start to come together. Uh, the mayors, for example, uh, Joe in Atlanta are calling for calm, uh, saying the obvious to me, the solution is not to destroy our cities. But yet at the same time, here you have, you know, long-established stores that are closing and people afraid to go out and shop and not only worried about wearing a mask and social distancing, but whether they might get shot at. So uh, we'll see where this goes. We need some leadership to emerge and to, you know, try to calm the situation down. For sure. 803-0930, star 930. Marty, good morning. Yes, good morning, Joe, Brenda. Um, Good morning. I I think you started to really hit it on the head when Brenda started talking about the amount of times that that officer was written up. Uh, He purely represents the minuscule part of the professional police officers that are not only in the city of Buffalo because they certainly represented themselves very well. I'm not a police officer. I have no police officers in my family. But I was very proud of the way that the Buffalo police officers handled themselves. And that's what's important to grab. Um, There is a great difference between those that are professionals and those that are truly outside the line of the law. Um, I'd also like to say that uh, I'm old enough to live, to have unfortunately lived through the 67 riots. Those were riots. These were civil unrest and perpetrated by people that uh, do not represent the majority, the vast majority of the people uh, of Buffalo. And you saw it in the, in the crowds. It was not 100% um, black. It was a very diverse crowd. And uh, the people and the outburst and the, and the just dismayed at what happened um, to Mr. Floyd I think is representative of that crowd yesterday, the true people that were there. Totally agree with your point. And I think that's a very astute point because it was a, a, a diverse crowd. There were white people, black people, people of other ethnicities, and they have a right to, to protest and they have a right to do it peacefully, but they don't have a right to destroy things and to put others in harm way, uh, harm's way. You, you really uh, make a great point. Yeah, there's, they are, uh, it's so sad. Um, when you look at the 67, I don't understand why those pictures are even showing up uh, anywhere. They don't, they don't truly represent what's going on. They truly misrepresent it. And I hope that perhaps uh, the other medias will take a cue from yourself and Joe today that to be positive, 
to not talk about the negative, talk about the people that were there early this morning, cleaning up hand in hand and, and trying to represent the best of the city. Definitely, Marty. Gives me hope. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it gives me some hope for our future, uh, not only in this community, but across the country. You know, and seeing, as Marty said, as soon as that curfew was lifted, there were people cleaning up downtown Buffalo and, you know, putting boards up over the broken windows and trying to get this. It is a beautiful city and getting the city back together because most people and Marty said it, most people yesterday. The, the, as, as Brendan Keeney said, when the, earl, the earlier demonstration, the planned peaceful protest was just that. It was a peaceful protest. You know, I saw videos from earlier in that demonstration. There was nobody yelling at the cops, getting in their face. There was no one throwing things at, uh, at police or at, drive by, at cars driving by. It was a peaceful protest. They were there to demonstrate uh, the need for change for the injustice that we see in this country and they were 100 percent completely right and they had every right to do that and i will always stand i'm here i will always stand by for those who have the uh the peaceful protest it looks like we have david and brenda on clean feed together right now uh a little inside baseball for everybody listening oh hey i'm sorry about that i apologize (laughs) hey i want to i want to i want to compliment you though uh, you guys are right down the middle. Your politics are, are not coming into this. Uh, Brenda, especially you. Uh, and, and well, I'm not taking Joe and saying, Joe, you're a partisan. But I'm, I'm very proud of the way you are conducting yourselves, both of you, and Brendan and Tim Wanger in the belly of the beast. Uh, this is why local radio is so important. So congratulations. You're doing an outstanding job. Thank you, David. Oh, thank you, David. It's really kind of you to say that. But, you know, there's nothing like local radio and the immediacy of it and the connection and the engagement. You know, we can talk to each other, but we can talk to our listeners as well and try to make sense of uh, what appears to be a really senseless situation right now as our country continues to be roiled in all of this controversy and chaos. So thanks. I mean, it's kind of therapeutic, too. I find it very helpful to talk to people and, and hear other people's opinions and get a handle on what's going on. Well, you know, it, we go from having a snowstorm uh, to the COVID situation where people are frustrated at these issues far more important. And I think where we come, uh, you know, how, how we get through this uh, it has the potential to fracture us permanently or it can make us a more sound, uh, better community. And I, I, I pray that we are, are better for it. Do you feel a little bit of an analogy with uh, with war? I mean, is that how you felt when you were in the middle of a war situation where it could fracture us or we come out? And do you see that same analogy here? Well, th- there are there are a ton of uh, analogies. First of all, if I can detain someone in a firefight without having to stand on their neck, I, I think, you know, law enforcement can do the same. But but again, this isn't a matter of training. You can train police all day and all night. We have Erie County sheriffs and Buffalo police that have been trained over and over and over again. We're learning more about the relationship between George Floyd and these arresting officers. There was a personal relationship here. These guys knew each other. They known each other for years. Uh, Why this happened, it doesn't excuse it. It doesn't make it, you know, warranted at all. But I think we have to be, uh, allow law enforcement to do their job to figure out why these things happened. But also, 
we have to acknowledge that you have a tremendous amount of power when you're in law enforcement, and we have to make sure that we have only the best stewards at that job. I think we're blessed in Western New York to, to have good stewards in, in authority positions. Minneapolis has had a pretty rough track record. There have been other law enforcement agencies that have had really poor stewards, and they are they have to be... And if something like this happens, it's impossible not to look at everyone in the Minneapolis Police Department and say, what's going on? How are you going to rectify this? Why is this happening again? This is the same police department, by the way, that shot an unarmed woman who came in her backyard. Uh, they were responding to a domestic violence uh, potential rape call, shot an unarmed woman multiple times. There was another situation in Minneapolis where a guy was shot in his car with his child sitting behind him. You know, there need, there's something broken there and it needs to be fixed. Absolutely. Well, David, we look forward to hearing uh, your show as we uh, take a quick break. We'll do the 12 o'clock news headlines and that, uh, we'll talk from we'll talk to both the mayor and county executive. And then David will take us through to at least two o'clock today. All right, David, we look forward to that. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.